On holiday as a child, something which sticks in my mind was looking around all the shops at the seaside. No doubt other people have experienced that as well in places around the UK. There's all kinds of the same rubbish pop-ups, one place after another, the same shops, the same products, the same tat. On the other hand, if you go to Lourdes, it's different tat, but hey. But one of the things that always cropped up, not in Lourdes, but in seaside places around the UK, were T-shirt shops. Remember them? All the different designs you could have on a T-shirt. Anything and everything. And one of them I remember was, Jesus is coming. Look busy. In case you're wondering, no, I never did buy one. Tempting as it was. Jesus is coming. Look busy. Jesus is coming. Get ready. We all know what it's like to get ready for something we've been waiting for. Maybe something big, maybe something quite small, maybe something we're looking forward to, maybe something we're dreading. The World Cup, had to say that, what with Wales having made it to the World Cup, whether we'll make it to the next round is another question, of course. Starting a new job, the arrival of a baby, recovery from Covid, to name but a few. Or even arriving somewhere you're driving to come to that. Will I ever get there? I'm waiting, I'm ready. But the road says it's still another 200 miles to go. Will we ever get there, we wonder. Maybe we start singing, why are we waiting? (laughs) Or are we there yet? Mind you, if we're singing, why are we waiting? We probably don't do that if we're waiting to recover from Covid. In case we infect anyone else around us. Advent is... After all, a time of waiting, of preparing. And of course, the people of Israel had been waiting for the promised Messiah of David's line for so long. Would he ever arrive? How big a sword would he have? What sort of horse will be riding in battle? A great horse, the best horse, no doubt. How big will his army be? A big army, the best army, and so on. That's what people are waiting for. And when will he arrive? We've been waiting so long, the people will have been thinking. At the same time, though, Advent encompasses two different sets of waiting. Waiting for Christmas. Yes, of course. And also waiting for Jesus' return. Something which, in the time of the New Testament epistles was thought to be imminent and so much of the writing there is saying don't do this because Jesus is going to be coming soon very soon the first coming and the second we see this in today's epistle to the Romans salvation is near this was after Jesus ascension into heaven remember so it's looking towards Jesus return rather than his birth The night is over. The day is coming. Let go of the dark. Move into the light. A new day has dawned, if you like. I don't know about you, but 
If I'm trying to find something I've lost or not sure where I've put it and I can't see too clearly, which is, well, most of the time, to be fair, one of the first things I do is switch the light on. And then when I switch the light on, I think I still can't see very clearly, so I'll grab my mobile phone, I'll put the torch on and that to see whether that helps at all. Because things have a habit of being hidden when it's dark. Unless, of course, they're luminous glow-in-the-dark things, like my luminous glow-in-the-dark statue of Our Lady of Lourdes in my study. But I digress. I was in the study with a light out recently. I saw quite how much it was glowing. It was incredible. Yes, oh dear, oh dear, John. It is that bad. In the light, though, we can see things. We can find that which we have lost. Admittedly, some things we can find in the dark. A piece of Lego, for example, in the middle of the floor (laughs) is guaranteed we'll find in the dark when we step on it with no shoes on. Generally, though, light illuminates things. Reminded of the Nunc Dimittis, Luke's Gospel, Jesus presented in the temple, a light to enlighten the Gentiles, we hear. Jesus illuminating the dark, making things seen. Jesus, the light of the world. But let's face it, we all have things we would in one way or another prefer to remain unseen. Maybe it's the chocolate stash we hide away so no one else can find it, but also making sure there is the emergency supply just when we need it. Unless we discover we've finished it up and forgotten to replenish it or someone else has found it. Or the Christmas presents, hiding them away so no one knows where they are to find them and open them before we get to that day. On the other hand, maybe it's something darker, deeper, more unpleasant. Something of our past we'd rather forget. A behaviour or habit we're ashamed of or don't want people to know about. Which could be something like A secret liking for a TV programme we don't quite like to admit to watching. It could be something more serious. On the other hand, it could be liking Strictly Come Dancing. Everyone else thinks that's stupid. So we don't admit it. We hide away things big and small. On the other hand, maybe even realising, acknowledging, accepting things aren't aren't quite right in our lives. In ways that are difficult to come to terms with. Things big and small that we prefer to remain hidden. Yes, on the one hand, we're aware that God knows about them. But we prefer not to think about that and keep our minds off it. Definitely don't want other people to find out. Things big and small. Sound familiar? We're reminded of this in the epistle. Behave decently not getting drunk, not having affairs, not causing trouble, not getting jealous. We could go on with so many more things which were not said. Things which, in one way or another, can be troubling for so many people, Christian and non-Christian alike. We're not immune just because we go to church, just because we profess to be Christians. There can be so many things going on in our lives under the surface. Things which we sort of acknowledge, 
but try not to think about too much. Metaphorically sweeping them under the carpet, not acknowledging the elephant in the room, to give two descriptions. And to be honest, sometimes this applies to churches as well. Something in the congregation's history that remains unacknowledged, not spoken about, but is there just below the surface, remaining that negative influence over everything. We don't admit it, we don't bring it to light, we don't allow it to be healed, and so it just stays there, festering, causing trouble. Not because it's done intentionally, we don't like to admit these things. We struggle to deal with them, so it just stays. Bringing the light of Christ into these situations, bringing them to light, dealing with them, is important and allows us to move forward. For those of us from a Catholic background, of which I include myself, sacramental confession can be useful in acknowledging these things and being assured of God's forgiveness. For others, this form of repentance isn't so helpful, but the concept is there in one way or another. Acknowledging these things, addressing them, being set free from them. When should I do it? I know the answer I prefer so often. In Cornish, directly. In Spanish, mañana. <laughs> I'm not going to attempt to use the right Welsh term, but mainly because I can't quite remember it, but you know it's there. Well, I'm going to do it immediately, but not quite or not really. Yeah, just in a minute. Later, much later, preferably when everyone's forgotten. So actually we don't need to worry about it after all. We can go back to normal with the elephant in the room and all the stuff swept under the carpet. But we do need to move forward in our spiritual lives and the rest of our lives. We need to do it in order to meet our Lord, who has promised he will return. But when? We don't know. So we are reminded by Jesus in the gospel. Get yourselves sorted out now. Don't keep delaying. Stop waiting. Stop making excuses. Get on with it. Be the people we are created by God to be. It's not comfortable acknowledging that everything's not right in our lives. Not comfortable acknowledging what's wrong. Likewise, it's not comfortable doing that in the life of the church. It's not pleasant admitting our sins, our failings, how we've been complicit in one thing or another, inadvertently or deliberately. But we need to do this in order to move forward. And so today's epistle concludes, reminding us to let go of trying to gratify the flesh, stop trying to concentrate on earthly concerns, influences, habits, stopping worrying about just trying to please other people, stop trying to just keep up appearances, instead acknowledge the reality of who we are, and in doing so, clothing ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. So during this Advent season, let us acknowledge what is wrong in our own lives. 
Let us deal with it. Let us clothe ourselves with Jesus, walking in his light as we prepare both to celebrate the incarnation at Christmas and to greet our Lord when he comes again in glory. Amen. Amen.